Welcome to the Impact Zone. I'm Courtney Coleman, your personal impact mentor, equipping women to make an intentional impact from the inside out. If this is your first time in the Impact Zone, hola, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to catch Make an Impact Monday, Intentional Thursday, and Inside the Impact Zone Sunday. It's Sunday, and it's time to go inside the impact zone, where I'm encouraging you with stories and interviews of women who are making an impact now. So come on and join the interview. Welcome, Chicago native Rashawn Lansley of Love Corks Group to Inside the Impact Zone. Rashawn is the first of only a few African-American women in the country heading her private wine label, and dreams of owning a vineyard in California one day. She started with one idea that developed into a lifestyle and brand like a fine wine. Welcome, Krishan. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Cool. So how did you come to love food and wine? How did that come about? Oh, gosh, I, I, I think it's, it's just in me. <laughs> it's one of those things you, I think you're born with. Um, I definitely have uh, a love and became a foodie. Uh, just honestly, right out of college, I've, I've always you know been into experiencing different and new things and, and exploring different restaurants. And I just happened to uh, have some great girlfriends I could you know go a little bit of everywhere with. And then I've always wanted to try new things. And my love of wine kind of came along with it. When you go to nice, fine restaurants and uh, they pair things with wine. It just became amazing to me and, and, and so interesting uh, to me and how different, you know, things can taste, how, how your palate can, can be affected by, by so many different tastes. And, and I just think, I just find it sexy. I, I love being in the atmosphere and, and, and breaking bread with people and great conversation comes with great food and great wine. I totally agree with that one. So before we chatted, you told me that you were not married. So what dinner experience can a man give you that would totally sweep you off your feet and just set the atmosphere for me, like describe for me what that would look, feel, and taste like? <laughs> so it's funny because, uh, you know, when I, when I do date, it seems that, that gentlemen, just because they know, of course, my profession and what I'm in, that they feel that they have to impress me. Uh, and it's funny. I, I can. I like small little hole in the walls. If you um, take me to a cool little hole in wall that I know nothing about, and I can just have a beer there, I'm happy there. Uh, I'm happy at the finer restaurants as well, of course. Um, but it's all about something I haven't experienced um, and haven't gone to. Um, and I enjoy it. I find it sexy for a man to o- order for me. Don't always think that I know everything, you know, about every food and every wine pairing. I don't. I don't. We we all. Um, you know, have things that we can learn and grow on. And I, I find that very, very, very sexy. Order for me. Let me pick up, of course, the wine from the wine list. <laughs> but as far as food, um, I, I love a man to order for me. I, I just find that that so, so awesome. And, and just take control of the situation. Don't always expect me to uh, to pick everything. And uh, and we, we're going to have a great time. I love great company. So I, that goes anywhere. I could be at a Bears game with a hot dog and a beer. So uh, it's all in what they have to offer. There you, there you go. Which leads us directly into this. So you also said you are in love with Optimus Prime. I am too. And I know you said <laughs> you were using him as a standard to gauge your suitors. So what about oh, Optimus Prime do you love? <laughs> the strength. Uh, the strength, the control, uh, the way of making a decision. 
uh, in a very, uh, you know, very, very volatile uh, time and, and, and predicament, um, but he can still be very, very rational um, and really think about the greater good um, than just himself. And I find that extremely, extremely attractive. And, and I feel that should be the same way uh, for a man, uh, for a man to make a decision, make a, a good decision. Um, I shouldn't have to make a decision all the time. I always feel that, and, and people find this very, very uh, contradictory to, to my life. But, you know, <laughs> in business, I'm, in ex- I'm extremely in control. I, I am definitely classified as an A-type control freak. Um, I have to have my hands in it to feel that it's going to be done right. Yes, I know. <laughs> but when it comes to, to dating and, and, and to men in my life, I want them to take control. I want to come home and, and they tell me where we're going. You say, you know, Krishan, just pack a bag because this is where we're going. Or Krishan, I made reservations, but just put a pretty dress on. Uh, so somebody who, who, who can make decisions and, and make them rationally and, and really take control of the situation um, is just amazing to me. And that, that's my, my love of optimism. <laughs> that, that sounds like about right. Control in one area. When you clock out, you know, when you finish, you want to be able to say, okay, somebody else, please take over. So totally. I do. I'm still a woman. I'm still a woman. Just because I'm a woman in business um, and, and I deal you know, in a male-dominant industry doesn't mean that I, I'm not a woman when I come home. Fabulous. I love it. You also wrote that you love the Avengers. So if you could create a heroine, on the Avengers, just for you, like, what would your powers be? What would she be like? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, so, and I've been asked this before a lot, long time ago. I've always had a, a, this obsession with comic books. And, and I think it's part of, you know, being an only child and, and just exploring imagination and things like that. And, and you know, it's, it's almost to read somebody's heart. You know how, you know, you have characters that can read minds. Mm-hmm. But I think it's different to read somebody's heart. Um, because sometimes, you know, we, we, the two don't connect. I know that sounds a little weird, but it's true. Sometimes we really don't connect our, our feelings, um, with what we may be thinking. And if I could really read somebody's intentions, um, I think that would be an amazing characteristic to, to possess. Um, because you just don't know, you know, you, you can mm-hmm. think one thing and, and, you know, us being in this, this generation of, you know, everything's a text and everything's email. You really don't, can't read an emotion in a text. Right. You know, I can say, you know, I love you in a text, you know, but you can read that differently. That could be, oh, I love you. Or that could be, I love you. You know, you, you just yeah. don't know. So if I could read somebody's heart, that would be amazing. That would definitely be unique. That's a great perspective. Cool. So I read a blog post that you wrote saying, I'm confident enough to say I'm very good, giving, generous, selfless, have an individual. But I had to learn some very valuable, humbling lessons along the way. You said that when you were a kid, you tried to steal silly putty from a Toys R Us store, but you got caught. Um, thus effectively ending your life of crime, but set it off as still your favorite dish so. You also picked up $20 off the sidewalk, and um, the elderly lady that dropped it off appeared right behind you after you've been down. So ever since then, when you were a kid, your conscious has always allowed you or not allowed you to do anything really bad. You thought your karma was going to come back and get you if you did. Then you wrote, but let's flip the script for a second. I never understood why a person with my qualities I possess, great things don't happen to me. And don't get me wrong, I'm grateful and blessed for having parents, no student loans, 
red hair and a nice body, but why do others seem to not be as decent and get more? I know there are a lot of strong and determined women out there who put themselves as strong and independent, fulfilled women um, like you did. I'm sure we all have looked at women and thought that, you know, she's successful or, you know, I'm sure she has it all together and has everything she wants and um, the way that she wants it. I find it very, very humble for Shauna. You share that you want more. And the question, um, questioning it isn't wrong to want more um, when you do things right. And you're a pretty good person and you have a strong personality. But sometimes I believe we forget to show our vulnerability. So tell me more about you questioning um, if what you desire is being shallow. You know, it's funny, and and, and you, you actually just really affected me there because I, I kind of forgot about some of the things I wrote because um, I definitely write, you know, things just off the cuff and how I'm feeling at the time. And that's still very strong for me. Um, it's very difficult. You know, you think of one side of, you know, when people say, you know, how in the world could you want more? And, you know, they compare things to all these terrible things happening in the world. And, and you know, of course, it's all relative, right? You can say mm-hmm. in your world, you know, if we compare myself to someone in a third world country, of course, we know that, I, I, you know, we, we're, we're smart enough to know that, that there's certain things that we just have to be grateful for, hands right. down. But then there's the other side of you working hard at what you do and living in your world that you feel you can do more. And, and it's true. I've always been the, the individual where I feel like it's never enough. Um, right. and, and I don't mean monetary. Um, I mean that I always feel like I should be doing more, um, whether it's for others, whether it's for myself, whether it's, it's for people around me that I want to make happy. I always said, I do not want my parents to leave this world without them seeing my success. And, you know, both of my parents are 75 years old. You know, I've, I have older parents. And mm-hmm. that for me is success for them to see a smile on their face and mm-hmm. to know that they, they have, have, seen in their lifetime, their daughter become successful is huge for me. Um, and, and that is, you know, one of those things that I struggle with day to day. Um, people can look at me on social media and, and see how um, great Love Corkscrew is doing. But, you know, when I come home at night and lay my head on the pillow, I feel like it's not enough. Um, I feel like I, I should be in more locations. I feel like I should be able to, you know, possess more monetarily to do more for others. Right. So, uh, you know, I, and I wonder sometimes if, if it's just, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a true entrepreneur, um, that, you know, we all think that way when we lay our, 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 you know, our heads on our pillow at night. So there's always more. There's always more I can do. And, and I'm just going to continuously work hard till till I'm able to judge my success. And my success is for my parents to leave this earth um, seeing the success of their daughter. Right. Right. So do you think, well. I kind of know the answer to the question, but the question is, do you think that that feeling um, chinks away at your heroin strength to say, oh, my gosh, it's just not enough? Or being vulnerable chinks away at your heroin strength. Um, I do feel that being a type A, anything that we do, it is never enough because we're achievers, and that's just what we do. We have to push further. We have to push harder. There's always something more that can be done. And you do need resources to do that. So I totally get that it's not just about the money, but the money serves a purpose as a function, as a tool. Um, sure. But back to being vulnerable, do you think that being vulnerable chinks away at your heroin strength? No. I, honestly, I, I will say this. I think that's almost has been my gift. Um, because I'm so vulnerable, um, because I'm very honest, because, you know, like you said in my blog, how, how, 
Uh, I mentioned that I, I can, my conscience will not let me get away with anything bad in this world. I think my vulnerability has actually made me personable and made me the success I am to this day. Um, people follow me, whether it be social media, um, whether it's people that I've known for years. And I think because I'm touchable, reachable, um, vulnerable, still a human being, ask for help. I, I never say I've, I've made it. I always say I need your help. And it's true. You know, I, I cannot, you know, walk around and say that, you know, Love Corkscrew is 100% successful and, and, and um, oh, we're good now. I've made it. I have not. I still need somebody to buy a bottle from me. I still need help. Um, and I think that has made me more of an inspiration to others because I'm saying I am you. You are me. We're the, I, the same struggles that you're going through, I go through. Same thing. And the same issues as a woman and dating and all types of same thing. I'm still a woman. I'm still right. a woman. Um, so I just happen to, you know, to be blessed um, with, you know, the, the capability to do, you know, some things that 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 women of my color cannot do in the industry that I'm in. But at the same time, I'm still human. I still believe just like anybody else. And I still have feelings and still have a heart. Right. So I, I think it just it, it adds to to uh, adds to love course and what it's become today. Cool. Um, now. I know you are very busy building your brand. Is there anything you do outside of your private wine labels, cigars, and candles? Um, I think I read somewhere that you mentor. Who do you mentor? Is there anything else that you do? Or I do. That's actually really my passion. Um, you know, it's uh, definitely, obviously, you know, uh, owning this company and, and being part of something so uh, wonderful that's touched many lives and within products. My my main focus is to show women and young young girls that yeah you can look like us and actually be in an industry that nobody else looks like us. Um, you can actually do it, and and when you fall, you can actually get up and do it again. I promise you, as many times as I've fallen. Um, and so I like to mentor definitely young entrepreneurs, um, women. I, I uh, definitely partner with the YWCA. Um, I partner with a lot of organizations um, in which um, I just do a lot of colleges I go to. Um, to speak, um, and just to talk about my struggle and what I went to, through. Um, you know, I lost everything uh, years ago. I lost everything and, and rebuilt to the point where I didn't even think I was going to have a home to come to. thought the sheriff was going to come take my, my condo away from me. So I, I go from that to building a brand and, and being in over 50 locations and Mariano's Whole Foods. I, I just stress how you can't stop. You can't stop. We're put on this earth for a reason. And, and I like to definitely talk to, again, you know, a lot of young women about that and, and entrepreneurs as a whole. Right. And that's actually where I was going because I read in 2009, you and your business partners started the Wine Lounge. And what happened two years into the business, just so that the listeners can get an idea? Yes. Yeah, so I used to be um, co-owner of 3P's Art Lounge, and that was from 2009 to 2011. We were an art gallery and wine bar uh, located right downtown uh, in the South Loop of Chicago. And uh, uh, I would say Christmas, it was actually Christmas Day. Um, I walked into our gallery and I walked into stepping through water, couldn't see what I was stepping in yet until I turned on the light when I walked all the way into the back of the lounge. Come to find out, I was standing in about two inches of sewer water. So we had a very bad uh, explosion. It was due to baby wipes being flushed down the toilet from mm -hmm. condo owners uh, above us. So that is not covered in dram shop insurance. For those of you who don't mm -hmm. know what that is, that's pretty much like a liquor license insurance. So we were covered about almost $2 million worth of 
insurance coverage that was zero, uh, zeroed out and we weren't able to utilize because it was caused by baby wipes. So when I say I lost everything, we lost everything. Everything we built, uh, everything we became, we became this ridiculous cult following here in Chicago. Um, from having all the hottest artists from Hebrew Brantley to, to, um, celebrities come by and check out our lounge and, uh, to all of a sudden having nothing. Uh, that took a really bad toll on, um, on our relationship as business partners as well as, uh, monetarily. I, I literally lost everything. So it, it's going from that to being able to kind of regroup, rebuild myself. And, you know, I went dark for a while and to come back in the industry, uh, booming and, and just continue on. So uh, it, it's been, it's been some work. <laughs> this is not an overnight success. This is right. something that I've I've been building for years and years and years. Right. What were your emotions like um, to have to start your business and have it all gone? What What kind of emotions did you have? You freeze. You know, you, it's, it's almost like I, when I say I went dark, I literally went dark. I would go to my 95 and come home and just sleep. So I, and I know I think in clinical terms of sometimes that's considered depression. So I would say I definitely went through a depressing time where, where I, I didn't want to go out, didn't want to go do anything, didn't want to pick up my phone calls. Um, majority of the time I didn't. I would turn off my phone uh, and I only talk to my parents or my best friends. And it was rough. So it's this emotion of anger, uh, pain. Uh, there's definitely what now. And you, there's a time at, at a certain point, you know, you go through different stages where you either decide to give up or you say, you know what, you know, I got to keep going. At the end of the day, I'm still young. I, I'm pretty attractive. I need to get my butt outside and I need to go do things. I need to go continue, you know, enjoying the relationships and the people and friends and different people I met, you know, at my bar. And I need to continue on with life because at the end of the day, if my heart is still beating, I still need to, to I still have a purpose on this earth. Right. And when it when it hit that, when I finally hit, all of a sudden my energies just opened up and, and just wonderful things started happening just with different relationships um, and, and friends and people that came along and business. And it just came together for me. I'm like, OK, now I get it. Now I get it. It's really true when they say you got to sometimes lose everything, you know, breaks you down. The universe breaks you down to build you back up. Right. That is so true. And I'm living testimony of that. Wow. So did you do anything personally to help you or like, did you seek help or did you just kind of process everything on your own? A little bit of everything. Physically, um, I started playing uh, flag football. I, I don't do it now, but that's what I, I did to kind of get that energy, that stress level uh, kind of out of me, just uh, more physical activity, um, you know, riding my bike and uh, I definitely, I started dating again and, and just going out and, and getting to know people. My, my, my strength is talking to people and communication. And, and once I started doing that, then things started coming together. I'm like, you know what? Me sitting at home by myself is not conducive to a successful life <laughs> at all. So it was just physical, um, getting in shape a little bit, uh, getting out there, enjoying myself, going to cool restaurants and dinners. I'm not a nightclub person at all, so I definitely wasn't doing that, but I definitely was going to just a hot, cool place, have an appetizer. I would even go out by myself, go to the show by myself, uh, but just, just get out and about. Uh, that helped me. That helped me. Um, thank goodness I didn't have to, you know, go to the point of um, professional help, but it was definitely a time where I had to say to myself, you know what, pick yourself up, Krishan. This is not it for you. This is not it. And that's what I did. Cool. 
I love a quote um, that you wrote. Well, my parents inspired the hustle bones in my body. So even when I do go to sleep, the hustle continues in my dreams. That made me laugh so hard because a lot of times it's like you're on autopilot. And just because you go to sleep, it doesn't necessarily shut off. Never does. Never does. Uh, <laughs> people always make fun of me. My publicist, my assistant, uh, anybody that I'm dating, they always make fun of me because I, I literally wake up about 4 a.m. every morning. And it, it's just like clockwork. And I'm laying there. I don't get up. I just lay there. And, you know, some people meditate. Uh, some people, you know, read books or read the Bible, things like that. I actually sit and just kind of get my thoughts together because I'm I go and so, move in so many different directions. I'm such a multitasker and I'm a good one. Uh, and I, I have to get my thoughts for the day together because it doesn't stop. I'm always thinking about the future. I'm always thinking about the next thing. Do I live in the moment? Yes, I do. I do live in the moment, but at the same thing, time, I'm able to think of different ways to improve. So I do. In, in my dreams, I'm, I'm hustling. I'm still working. I, I can't tell you one night that I haven't dreamt about what I can do better. Um, and and that it, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. I never wake up in the morning like, ah, oh, today I'm just going to hang out. I think it's impossible. It's so funny. I was just uh, on a trip with one of my uh, girlfriends. I was in Napa. And it got to a point where she had to tell me, as we hadn't been on a trip together in 20 years. And she said to me, Krishan, I need you to put your phone down. And it wasn't me, you know, just, you know, how some people just always look at the phone all the time. It wasn't that. I was actually working. Yeah, I was actually emailing. Um, there was a lot of you know, things going on, uh, contracts, different things I had to take care of. And she said, just put it down, Krishan, put it down for just a little bit. And once I did, I'm like, oh, my God, like, I love her <laughs> you know, so much for making me do that. And right. I ended up having a great time. Um, and, and, and I was able to then get myself together and create new things and think of new ideas. So sometimes you just have to turn it off. Right, right, which brings me to the next um, question. What do you do for downtime to refresh yourself so that you can keep going and be the best person that you can be? Because like your friend said, you, you have to stop. My husband is the same way. So I have to get out and go to the golf course. I'm not thinking about anything on the golf course. But right. if not, I'm working. If you leave me for two minutes, I'm working. So what do you do for downtime so that you can refresh yourself and totally step away? It's funny because with the industry I'm in, when, you know, when you're in wine and, and food and entertainment industry, it's hard to do that because usually people unwind with food and wine, right? <laughs> so it's hard for me to unwind <laughs> because it, it automatically goes to food and wine. I mean, even you know, if I'm out on a date, what are we doing? We're, we're eating and drinking. Um, and, and even when, you know, if I exercise, I'm still, my mind is thinking about, you know, what I, what I, what I should be doing as far as the industry. So to be honest with you, I can't even lie. I don't turn it off. I don't turn it off, but don't get me wrong. I love it. I love it so much. As long as it's not a hindrance to my personal life, which it never is. Um, it works. Uh, it works for me. I'm not condoning that for anybody. <laughs> I'm not yeah. saying never turn it off to anybody. Um, I can only talk, uh, to my, myself, but even when I'm with my family, uh, you know, we're enjoying some love cork through wine. Or when I'm talking to my mom and dad, my dad is, is, uh, you know, communicating to me about business and consulting me about things I need to do. And I enjoy that because that's my time with my father. Uh, mm -hmm. when I'm out on a date, you know, I'm, we're, we're talking about wine picks and, and the gentleman is saying, okay, so what do you think about that wine? So 
it, it's funny. I don't think I, I ever turn it off, but it's something that I love. So I, I am not complaining. There you go. There you go. Cool. Well, yours might be physical activity totally away. But like you said, your mind is always there, but at least your body is getting something else. So you're getting it yeah. in a different form. Now, Love Corp Truth is a lifestyle brand that touches all five senses. Also, her six varieties of wine. He has wine from a candle and a cigar line. Lamp and yes. cigars. Okay. Yes. So she wanted to make sure she created the full experience for your customer. And when I read it, it was like, you know how people do only like one piece, but you want it to be well-rounded. You, have, you can tell that you have a larger vision, and so that this was just the one part. And I just love that because I love things being complete. But who taught you about the wine business? It was pretty much self-taught. I've, I've been in the industry for a while in, in different uh, aspects of it. Uh, owning the wine bar was one teacher, and that is people. People coming in and telling me what they want, what they don't want, uh, what they like, what they don't like. So it was a mixture of that, hearing people. It was definitely a mixture of I worked on the distribution side for a while. So when I would visit accounts, same thing. The owners, the managers would tell me what they want what they want, what they don't want, what their customers want and don't want. So it was a mixture of that. And then it was just me having a gift of having a, a palette that is pretty universal. So I, I would say I have the gift of being able to create something that most likely out of all six of my varietals, you're going to like one of them. Most likely. Now, can I speak that 100%? Of course not. Everybody's palate, everybody's taste bud is different. But it was just uh, self-taught. Uh, it was more my skill set in people, my skill set in relationships and communication, as well as sales. I've been in sales uh, over 20-something years. So it was definitely just me being personable and being with people and listening. I'm a great listener, and I know what people want, and, and I give it that, that what, I give them what they want, and uh, I just go for it. You just have to uh, just test the market have some marketing skills behind whatever you do, whatever you decide to do, and uh, just follow your passion. And, and that's what I did. Cool. I was going to – I didn't even have a question, but when you were saying you asked people, you know, what they want or what they like, you gave them what they like. I think a lot of business owners have or new entrepreneurs, they have a problem with if somebody tells me they don't like this, then they're rejecting the person. And I wanted to bring that – out because it's not you that they're rejecting. It's just the item that is before them. So now that I know that you have over 20-something years of sales experience, I was going to say, okay, how do we separate the two so that you just feel like, oh, my gosh, it's me that they're rejecting um, because they're not rejecting you as a person. It's just the product. Can you speak on that for a little bit? Sure. I, I think that, and that's part of the sales skills. Uh, I think when it, when it comes to getting into entrepreneur, there, there's certain aspects and there, there are certain uh, definitely qualities you need to possess. And, and you have to have experience in a lot of things. And I honestly think uh, in any product sales, uh, any product that as an entrepreneur, you have to have a background in sales, hands down. If it's not sales, it has to be in marketing. Because even, even if you work part-time, go someplace and, and take it another job just at something very simple, like a local clothing store or, or a local grocery store, just to get the skill set of people. Because when you deal with people, uh, you, you learn, and I've dealt with people. I literally have been in sales my entire, entire, after college, I went straight into sales. Mm -hmm. So in, I've dealt with people from extremely wealthy. 
uh, people to, to young people. I've dealt with everything. And when you really get to know people and you're able to read people in a certain way, you start not taking things personal because everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own reasoning for what they do, whatever they do. So if somebody walks up to me at a tasting and they taste my Pinot Grigio and they're like, ugh, I don't like that at all. That's okay. We all have different taste buds. We all have different feelings. We all have, have different thought processes. That's okay. I never take that personal because not everybody's going to like everything I do. Just like in anybody's life, any entrepreneur, not everybody's going to like what you do. That's why there's something for everyone. So never take it personal. You just keep doing what you're doing. And if you find out that it's working, you keep doing it. Now, of course, if you'd end up doing an analysis and eventually you realize, okay, you know, this is not selling. Maybe I need to regroup. Maybe I need to think of something else. Maybe I need to add on something. Well, why don't you take people's feedback instead of taking it personal and actually use it to enhance your product, enhance what, what you may have. If you've got something good, just clean it up. Make it better. Yeah. I love hearing feedback. I love it. Because even, even if it's the most negative thing, you know what? I take that and I utilize it to work harder. It fuels my fire fuels my fire to be successful. It fuels, fuels my fire to improve, to be better. So never take it negative. Never take it negative. Not everybody will like it, but right. you can always make it better. Exactly. So what does a typical day look like for you now? Busy. <laughs> Busy. Uh, that's all I can say. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, there's, you know, perception is everything, right? So a lot of people always think that, oh, Krishan has a life. She's just drinking wine all day, eating all day. Uh, what people don't know is there is a non-sexy side of that. <laughs> there is analysis. There is accounts. Uh, there is, you know, financing. There's all types of things that go with this. It's not all the bells and whistles it looks like it is. It really is not. So my day literally starts usually um, by the time I kind of get my thoughts together, I start off my day probably about six o'clock in the morning. I still have a nine to five. A lot of people don't believe that. So I still work in uh, in sales. And and during my nine to five, be honest with you, it's a crazy thing. I'll let you on a secret. During my lunch break for an hour, I'm usually responding to on average 20 to 30 emails. If, if not more. And if it's not all emails, it's instant messages, it's text messages, it's calls I'm returning. Uh, and you know what? The funny thing about it, people are like, well, how do you do that all in one hour? And don't you get frustrated? Why do you still work? I'm like, you know what? I love it. Because if I was sitting home waiting for those emails, texts and calls, I would drive myself crazy. Hmm. So I like, I have to keep moving. I have to right. keep going. I have to keep doing something else. Uh, so my day is nonstop busy, and, and when I'm off work, I'm usually going to a tasting or an event or doing interviews like like uh, the one I'm on now with yourself, and I'm always doing something. Uh, and then uh, hopefully within, I mean, you know, the nine o'clock hour, you know, either I'm having dinner or sitting down, relaxing at least for a second uh, to uh, to unwind and uh, back up again. So it never stops. It, it doesn't stop, especially when I'm in Chicago. When I, I try to leave Chicago at least, uh, you know, four times a year. Uh, to get away, to kind of veg. But while I'm here in the city, I'm always working. <laughs> oh, man. I think I totally identify with the working on my lunch hour. And it condenses. Anytime we have less time, we get more done. So I totally Absolutely. It just makes you. Well, they say the old adage. 
yeah, the old adage of, you know, always give, give the busiest person a task and they'll get it done. There you go. So true. If you could give the women listening to the podcast a piece of advice about accomplishing their goals and making their impact, what would that be? Be true to yourself. Uh, don't try to mimic others. Be true to yourself. I, I definitely have a lot of women that come to me that they'll come to me and, you know, tell me about their business and or their business ideas. And if I hear the idea and I can say, oh, that's such and such, that means you're not being true to yourself. Nobody's recreating the wheel. I'm not saying that. But I'm mm-hmm. saying let it come from your heart, whether it be a cookie line, a jewelry line, a hair product line. What's your story? Mm-hmm. There's a story. I know there is. Everyone has a story. Everyone. And if you if it comes from your heart and it's your story, it would resonate with everyone. And if it's your true passion, it's going to come natural. Don't try to do what I'm doing. Don't try to do what, what somebody else is doing. If it comes true from your heart, it will be dope. And I, and I honestly, truly believe that. Honestly, truly believe that. And I think some of us get scared. And we always think, okay, because, you know, such and such is doing this and they were success. That's exactly what I should do. If that was never your passion, why are you doing that? (laughs) Because at the end of the day, what they're doing hits hard for them and they love it and they're going to work. They're going to work hard to do it and they feel it. Don't just do it because you see it's making money. That's a problem I have with all these pyramid schemes and these multi you know, level marketing issues. You're, You're doing it, but you're doing it for quick cash. I'm, I don't know, not one that's still successful to this day, maybe Mary Kay. But so you, you have to follow your passion. I promise the money will come. Stop trying to do this quick fix because nothing's fast. Like they say, what, nothing, nothing that happens quick is even, you know, is even worth it. No, nothing lasts that, that happens yeah. so fast. It's a process. Take your time. Do it right. Do it right. And I promise you it will come to you. And you will be successful. Right. Interesting. This week I heard a quote. Somebody said, um, an overnight success is actually 10 years. And I thought, wow. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because people, you know, tend to think sometimes that Love Corkscrew happened overnight. Oh, no, it didn't. <laughs> I've, I've been Love Corkscrew for years. I have been Love Corkscrew since 2009. It was always in me. Love Corkscrew has always been here. It was, it's been building. For years and years and years, all of my um, experience in sales, that's 20 years. I can say Love Corkscrew started 20 years ago because I started learning the lessons. Mm-hmm. I got into the field. I started taking advice and information and processing. It takes a long, long time. That's why every time you see on these different shows when they talk about these, these instant successes, but every time you see that interview, the person's like, oh, no, I've been doing this for years. <laughs> you know? like, like, don't get it twisted. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, no, there, there's no such thing. Yeah, no such thing as overnight success. That that person had it in them. Right, right. Well, Love Course Crew is dedicated to informing, educating, and entertaining the public about events, relationships, and wine. The Love Course Crew podcast is hosted by founder Pashawn Lampley and her co-host Isaac Paul. They offer the listeners a glimpse into the Chicago social scene in a 60-minute show with a mix of humor engaging dialogue, and listener feedback. You can find them on SoundCloud.com. And for Kashan, love works through means being true to yourself, which is exactly 
what you just um, mentioned to us. So thank you so very much for joining us. I greatly appreciate it. My and pleasure. Her, her website is loveforkcrew.com, or you can find her by hashtag loveforkcrew. So thank you. Thank you for this time. I greatly appreciate your information, wisdom, and your vulnerability. I know you are very, very busy. So I just wanted to say that I greatly appreciate you. My pleasure. Much respect to you. And uh, anytime you want me, I'm here for you. Thank you for listening and being in the impact zone. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast. Sharing the impact zone on your favorite social media and with your circle of influence is greatly appreciated. You can also rate and review the impact zone to tell me where you are and the impact it has made in your life. Your feedback helps me continue equipping women to make an intentional impact from the inside out. For more information on how we can work together, visit www.courtneycoleman.com. I'm Courtney Coleman, your personal impact mentor, encouraging you to stay in the impact zone, making an intentional, positive impact.